My name's George Weedwin. Hang on. <laughs> Is it? I'm not hang, sure. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to start over. My name's George Meadwin. God almighty. <laughs> okay, one more time, one more time. My name's George Weedman. Welcome to the TOVG Podcast. We are back. Back from the dead this week with Jimmy the Sunderator and Gerard the Completionist, who've made it home safe from SGC last week in Texas. How are you guys doing? It has been a while. It's been it's been a while. It's been uh It's <sighs> been one week. Wait, has it been one week? I think I feel like it's been I, a week since well, we last recorded. Well, yeah, yeah, no, because because we're recording this on a Thursday, not to break the fourth wall. Fourth but, wall breaking oh, emerged. Okay, <laughs> um, we are time travelers in a yeah, way. It's been it's been a it has been a week since we all stepped on the plane to go from Los Angeles to Dallas to Screwtag Gaming Convention, and my oh my, what a weekend that was! It was what, a party. What weekend was it like? <laughs> What was it like? What, how, what did you guys do at SGC this week? Um, well, the first night we just kind of all like, like everybody showed up at like midnight from our group and we just kind of hung out in the hotel and, and that I, was... I ordered about $200 worth of pizza. Yeah, I don't, oh know, my God. I don't know why that happened, but there was so much pizza. And... Well, well, okay, so <laughs> so on my, on my plane, on, on my travels, it was me, Alex, uh, my girlfriend Amanda... Alex's or Kelly um, and Greg, and then on the same flight as us, we had uh, Andre from Black Nerd Comedy, and we had uh, Matt Pat from Game Theory. It was and all. Were of they us, traveling uh, with you, or were they just all on the same plane? They were traveling with us to SGC. Because oh, okay. I was um, like, what a lucky coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, my, my, I was sitting next this, to Matt This plane Pat. full of YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was actually funny, because in our connecting flight in Phoenix, we got, uh, we stayed in the same plane, but Mega64 and Pat and the NES Punk got in our plane, so that was a fun <laughs> so little... So that did happen, that was a coincidence. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, no, they were, I mean, they were all going to SGC, you know, it was just like, they all made sure we were on the same flights. It, it was um, an unplanned happenstance encounter. <laughs> yes, sure, I, th- yeah. Um, <laughs> we also had a YouTubable Miss Heart Attack... And uh, another YouTuber who I'm I'm fairly new to, but we made a lot we made a lot of new friends at SGC this weekend, mm-hmm. both a uh, YouTuber and uh, a lot of fans, a lot of fans who uh, joined us in our epic quest to <laughs> rock out hard at SGC. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> it was really great. Um, like the first night, like I said, we just kind of like just messed around, and didn't do anything, but like kind I don't know, it was a surreal experience because it was my first like big con like I, i've been to e3 but that doesn't really count you know because that's like a different beast it's a consumer con right, right that's like like even the big youtube guys and everything all the personalities who are at e3 are like i'm here to see games like no one's there to see people but sgc is practically crafted for like fans of internet celebrities come meet them and so like like not that we're all internet celebrities like the, there was like a few people with like a million subscribers there but the rest of us are just kind of schmoes with channels and I don't know. It was it was just interesting, just like being in that environment where it was like all just like people that I would know from Twitter or from like the TOVG forums or just YouTube and like seeing them in real life. And I don't know, man. It was it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, it, I I wonder what it's like because I mean for the past two years I've been going to GDC, which has been a very kind of prim and proper 
conference rather than oh, a convention. Yeah. yeah, like it's all about making professional networks and connections and also showing your games to the press, which is uh-huh. where I come in. But, um... And I also am doing Dragon Con these days, oh, which I, I love- find to be kind of a uh, disassociative experience because <laughs> it's not it's not exactly video games. It's like right. a general nerdy sci-fi it's- comic book convention. Yeah, from what I hear, it's a lot of cosplay stuff. I follow a guy by the name of Vulpin Props. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I, I might have seen his stuff before at Dragon Con. Cause... Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have. I think last Dragon Con was at... Where was it? It was at some some very popular hotel, and he did like he did like this camo armor, but it was like the floor yeah. of the hotel. Oh, yeah, and and they ended up getting sued for that. Right, it right. Was, it was infringing on the hotel's copyright or yeah, the design yeah. firm's copyright or something ridiculous. Yeah, there was a whole issue with that. Oh um, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, he he actually did. If you ever see any like Bethesda behind the scenes stuff. In their office, they have a, a like life-size replica of the laser rifle from uh, Fallout 3. He's mm-hmm. the guy who made that. Like, yeah, they like commissioned him for it. That's what always like surprises me and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy about these really fancy cosplays you see, is that it's like, oftentimes they're not done by like pure fans. They're done by like effect artists who like yeah. manage to make a career out of being fans of stuff, which I think is is really cool and neat. Like the way they're reifying the fiction into reality. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But but yeah, okay. My problem is that the only like really super nerdy thing I'm actually into is just video games. Right. So Dragon Which makes Con's it a bit exactly... awkward for for Dragon Con, but but whatever, yeah. it's 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 fine, it's fine. I mean, uh, like I guess that's what PAX uh, East would be for, I guess in your case. Yeah, but and even I might... then, that's that's still more in the like in the the vein of like we're here to see games, not people, kind of I, deal. I think I think PAX East is more of we're here to see some of the more established names in games journalism and YouTube and stuff as well as games but it's also about the experience of going with your friends like like, no one goes to PAX East to go by yourself you go with your friends who are on the east coast you see once a year you Uh make it like your your destination to see friends and to have a good time Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's all about the after parties it's all about you know, getting a beer with that friend you haven't seen in months. And, you know, that's 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 more of what I see as, as PAX Prime and PAX mm-hmm. East is that it's not just, you know, the the, the big three companies showing up with the <laughs> right, indie games and right. stuff. It, it's about seeing those friends you haven't seen in forever. So, let's see. Um, April, well, they're both kind of um, behind behind the the times but i do have money again now i finally got my my life uh straightened <laughs> up after losing one of my two day jobs it's just been a matter of getting really involved with the other one now oh but yeah, yeah pax east or magfest which do you guys think i should do next year oh Oof. well it depends on what you want um yeah, yeah. i mean th- like okay from a from an outsider's perspective because i haven't been to either i haven't been to pax east and i haven't been to magfest magfest is the one that i would want to go to because that seems like more in the vein of sgc where it's like absolutely like it's like not not to say like the down and dirty like (laughs) gritty underbelly culture but it's like it's just like from what i heard about magfest it's just like it's guys walking around with like boom boxes blaring chiptune music and like cosplayers hanging out everywhere and it's like it's literally just like everybody who likes games and music that's just like hey man let's hang out in a big room for a while like (laughs) 
And yeah, the ar the arcade floors open 24/7, so right. there's, and they have all kinds of arcade games. They have a console floor room in the same room as the arcade, so like there's Smash stations, there's uh -huh. All Star stations, like there's just there's there's games everywhere to be played. And then uh, if you're a big fan of you know the YouTubers that are there or the music groups that are there, that's when they start to really hone in and get like the bigger names. Right. Um, and, and I'm also noticing they that SGC and Magfest both kind of have a way of catering to YouTubers. I'm wondering why do YouTubers like those cons more than the the Paxes and the E3s? Well, speaking of someone who has been to all these conventions now after doing mm -hmm. this stuff for two and a half years. Uh, E3 is the business con. You go there to meet developers, to get your face to the name for your brand. Uh, the occasional fan every now and then you say hello to, and you know, the free swag and playing the games, but really it's more of a, I've heard about this game for X amount of times, I want to play it, why reason? Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, PAX East and PAX Prime is, hey, those games that you played at PAX, uh, at E3 are now available to play on the show floor, uh -huh. and you can, you know... You know, Fan Gamer and Sanchi and all these places where you can buy merch from. They're all there on the floor. And if you want to do a magic tournament, there's a magic tournament. If you want to do a Pokemon tournament, there's a Pokemon tournament. You know, there are some mom and pop uh, video game places that sell things. It's uh -huh. really like more of a, a, I want to say like a public E3, but more so <laughs> just a con for, you know, both, the, both open developers, closed developers, and you know, fans of games to go and cosplay contests and all that stuff. And then you have SGC and MAGFest, which is really, they're more like fan cons. You know, you go to meet uh, fans. You go to meet uh, other YouTubers who are there from all across the world, and you get to really spend a few days hanging out with them. I know that when we went to MAGFest, uh, a lot of our time was spent partying with other YouTubers. <laughs> um but when we weren't partying with other YouTubers, we were at each other's cons or at each other's panels showing support. We were meeting fans on the floor. Uh, it was pretty chaotic. I was not ready for, for MAGFest. Uh, more so as I wasn't ready for SGC <laughs> this year either. I, I yeah. was very, very surprised with how little I did um, at, in, at preparation. in preparation and in preparation and just after our panels and stuff what, what went down yeah who, well, <laughs> who were the most memorable fans you guys met oh most of the ones that we met were ones that actually hung out with us all weekend there, um yeah like i mean okay I'll, I'll give you i'll give you two separate answers because we like shout outs to like uh to zach and warren and uh, I think there might have been someone. I think those are the, those are the two guys we met during the Street Fighter Third Strike tournament that we all just kind of like entered on a whim because we thought there was a Street Fighter Four tournament <laughs> yeah, and, you and then there wasn't. Practicing on the wrong game for yeah, it's actually hilarious because there was a Street Fighter Four tournament on Saturday. <laughs> there was one. There was one, and it wasn't on the schedule. What? Sh and sh no. Yeah. yeah. Shout out oh. to uh, shout out to Brandon Chun, aka oh yeah, uh, my boy Brandon, who does all the assets <laughs> for the completionist in TOVG. He won the Street Fighter Four tournament. Yeah. Shout out to him because he is a beast, Chun Li. But he was okay. so good. But okay, uh, we met like we met Zach and Warren during the Street Fighter Third Strike tournament. Those guys were just like real chill. Like I, Zach I was actually on my panel. Because yeah. we, we did we did a uh, a game show panel like we did last year, and he was a contestant on the panel. Yeah, and like the funny thing was, I didn't know that Warren even knew like who we were until like we got back and like I like followed him on Twitter and like oh 
he's like a fan of like the completionist and like like all these YouTube channels and I just thought he was cuz like he acted so cool he was just like a cool guy who was like oh yeah man just like hanging out with us and like he sat with us at a couple panels um but of like memorable people that I met there was a guy named Jake who I, like you'll remember him if you met him Gerard because uh, his hair was dyed like like red? medium red. Yeah, yeah. He I met him at the last SGC. He is a part of the Wachow group, I believe. Uh-huh. And yeah, I've, Jake is a very good, good, very good fan, very good dude. I didn't get to see him very often at at SGC this year because he had his own stuff going on. Right. But he's a really nice guy. I only I only met him for just a moment, um, for for maybe like ten minutes. I think it was before the normal boots panel when I was just about to head inside. And it was just like, or maybe that might be wrong. I might have met him at a different time, but it was just like the nicest thing because he like just gave me this like great like ten minute like like I watch the decks when I get home from from work on on Monday. I watch the mini decks and the, the regular decks is there on Tuesday on my day off to relax. And he was just like really appreciative. He's like, I really appreciate all that you guys do on all your channels, like all of the TOVG crew on the site and all of the. And he like named everybody and he's just like. Like, I know you guys put in a lot more work than a lot of people realize, and it was just, it's just, like, I really appreciate that. And he, like, made sure that I knew that he was just, like, like super appreciative. And it was just, like, it kind of blew me away that, like, anybody watches my videos and, like, says that. Like, I know he was talking about everybody, but, like, I'm a part of that. And, like, you're a part of that, George. He, like, mentioned you, too. It was, like, like crazy. It was, I don't know. That, and then there was, like, this little 12-year-old kid who, like, came Aww. up and was, like, hey, man. I, I really like your videos and he like had me sign his 3ds and he was like shaking he's like I'm sorry I'm just so nervous and I was like dude I'm like no I'm like a nobody don't be nervous uh, yeah there's yeah. also our one of our shout outs to Chase Chase oh, was like Chase was dope so this is this is like the most crazy happenstance of, of things right it, so it's a it's one of those weird snowball stories yeah so well I feel like every con we go to there's always one fan that like is so cool that he just joins our group of friends. Um, yeah, definitely. But this one, this was definitely the the Chase Con. If I had to say anything, Chase, <laughs> Chase Con twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Chase, if you're listening, what's up, dude? Um, Chase was the fan that like he was. He actually saw Alex come into my room because we're all a little spread out amongst like amongst the entire hotel. Yeah, it was a big hotel. It's like three. It's like three towers: south, yeah. north, and and center. And uh, I was in the north tower. It was like midnight, and this was the first night. Yeah, this was the first night in, and I hadn't been recognized by very many people yet. But I was really hoping that like no one would find out which room I was in, <laughs> and uh, I was like worried about the pizza and people showing up and us getting security called on us and all this stuff. But then, uh, out of the blue, I like walked outside to see if there's anyone there, and because I heard a, a knock on the door, and on the floor was like a bunch of beer and a note. And I got the note, and it's like, hey, man, my name's Chase. Uh, I saw you guys down the hall. Just wanted to say welcome to SGC. I'm stoked you guys are here. I'm a fan of all your guys' work. Here's some beer on me. And uh, I was like really – I was first of all, I was like, oh, shit, he knows where we are, so I'm really nervous. But then I thought about it, and I was like, first off, he has to be old enough to get beer. Right. So he is a guy who is like of our age. So yeah. I don't have to worry about him clawing at my door for the next for the next few nights. Right. Um, and second, I should like I should like go say hello, introduce myself. So I I don't I don't, honestly I don't know what to expect. Am I going to see a little guy, a tall uh-huh, guy, uh-huh. a big guy, whoever? So 
I grabbed some like free swag, some stickers and stuff we were giving out to people. And I was walking down to his room and I bumped into him without realizing it was him. He just was a guy that was like carrying a big ice bucket back to his room. Uh-huh. And I bumped into him and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, Gerard? And I'm like, oh, hey, dude. He's like, oh, and by the way, I'm Chase. And I'm like, oh, you're Chase. You're the guy that just gave us this beer. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I walked him back to his hotel room. I said, thank you. Gave him some free stuff. And he had this really big executive suite and he was by himself. God. And it was like Thursday night by himself. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just hanging out. I'm like. Come to our room and party. And drink the beer that you bought. <laughs> that you bought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he then comes into this room and he's in a, he's, he just realizes like, oh shit, I'm in a room with like Youngtown and like Matt Pat. Matt Pat and like all these other YouTubers I watch. And like, he was so cool. He just was like, he grabbed a beer and was like, hey, what's up? I'm Chase. And just like, he blended so well. Yeah. He like... I know he he does make his own YouTube stuff, right? Yeah, he does. Right, he does and, like uh, interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, right. yeah. And I, when <laughs> I when I learned that, I just assumed because like I showed up after that all happened. When I learned that, I just like assumed like, oh, he's just like a YouTuber that like all these people know. And like I didn't even pick out that he's a fan because he never acted. He never fanboyed, which is like not a bad thing to fanboy because yeah. people fanboyed, and I was like really flattered. And like of course, like, people fanboyed all over Gerard all weekend. And <laughs> but uh, it was just like. He was really chill and really cool, and then he, like, lent us, not lent us, but, like, let us use his exec suite to have, like, a little party Saturday night, which, was got, really which got big enough to get, get us canceled out of the pretty room. quickly. <laughs> it got canceled so quickly that when I was done with my last panel at, like, 2 in the morning, I went back and the party was gone. Yeah. Um, that was probably, yeah... I mean, there's there's a lot of people, and that of we course met. we have our premium usual fans like uh, like Jesse Neon Bath. Right. She's always great. They're, Omar, they're practically her just part of the group. I, I count them as friends more than fans. Yeah, like anyway. like No Way Ryan Tatum, who's very yeah. active in the forums. Oh yeah, and, I remember yeah. No Way Ryan Tatum. Shout out to Ryan Tatum. <laughs> no way, Ryan. Ryan Tatum. No way, Ryan. The, dude, that was like Stop that was like the catchphrase Ryan. of the of every party. No way, Ryan Tatum. No he, way. He was making everybody drinks. So like he'd make a drink and like he'd. Hand Hand it off to like a man, and she'd be like, "No way, Ryan Tatum!" And like, his, yeah. And I bet I he's know. just like, "Oh, ha 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 ha, guys." Matt, like, you know, he he loved it, it. Guys. He 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 had a moment. He was like, "I'm hanging out with a bunch of YouTubers. What the hell?" <laughs> um. Also, big shout out to Wyatt. Mm. Wyatt, Wyatt. Uh, hold on. Can I just say something about Wyatt? Go ahead. I, say it. Okay, so Wyatt is a. He works at a comic book store. He's a wonderful animator on Twitter. He has a bunch of followers. Mm. Um. I I had the biggest my biggest problem with SGC that I had was there was too many fans all over the place. I did nothing, George. I was <laughs> I would go to a panel, I'd leave three hours in advance because I knew I'd be stopped. I'd still get late to panels everywhere yeah. I went. Yeah. Such I a went hard to a, life. Dude, I'm not that kind of person that's like, oh woe is me, but I'm bringing a costume next year because it was it was I, I wanted to go support my friends and I'd be at a panel and then I'd be signing autographs during a panel that wasn't my own and it was very distracting. I felt really bad, but like it it's it, essentially one of the times that this happened, it was me, my wife Leah, Gerard, and Amanda, and we were walking down the hall into the main hall. Gerard gets stopped by a fan, and we were going to go see Kelly at the 3DS Pokemon competition. And so we were like, we'll go on ahead. Like, we'll see you guys in there, because we think, like, take him five minutes. We walked in, watched Kelly's match, watched her second match, came back out, and Amanda and Gerard had moved maybe, like, three feet. Oh, and that no. was, like, 45 minutes later. It was, it was like, actually, like, crazy at a point where I was like, I didn't even know this was a real thing that could happen to, like, 
it YouTubers. Was, it was so flattering, and I loved every minute of it, but I also <laughs> felt... I, I, I think I, I had a moment where we got back from SGC, and Amanda was like, let's go to Disneyland. And I had, like, a, not an anxiety attack, but, like... I personally was like, there's people at Disneyland. Like, like there <laughs> are people. Had too much of that this week. I, it was very weird. I'm, yeah, I'm not like that. So it was very like, I don't want to go where people are. Like, I just need to kind of <laughs> relax and chill. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, so with Wyatt, right? Right. Wyatt was like, follow, no one told me who Wyatt was. Like, I, I didn't know. I thought he was a fan. I thought he was some guy following us. I didn't know any better. And so I'm hanging out with him. We're just talking. He seemed like a cool guy. I'm like, cool, cool. And I, and I did the dumb thing of like, do you want an autograph for a photo? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And we took a photo. I thought he'd go away, but he followed us throughout the weekend. And I was like, why is he following us? I don't remember like saying. And then someone was like, hey, Wyatt, come over here. And like, Wyatt comes over. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Wyatt. No one told me it was Wyatt. <laughs> like, I had no idea that that was Wyatt. And I felt like an idiot. That happened three times with like other famous YouTubers who came up to me and they were like, Hey, it's great to meet you. And I was like, thanks. Do you want an autograph or a photo? And it came off as like, I was like this pompous guy who right. was like, oh yeah, I'll just sign your stuff. Really, it was like, you're like the 3,000th person to walk up to me and ask for a photo or autograph. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume that that's what you want. Yeah. And I felt so bad afterwards that anytime I met a YouTuber, I was like, Oh, I am so sorry. Like, please, I, I don't, don't, I'm not pompous. I swear. I just, I thought that's what you wanted. Yeah. I, there was a couple people that I met that were like that too. Were like, uh, like Drake McWhorter, the, uh, the, the guy who does the show crossover on Matt Pat's channel. He First also, all, he also does like unpopular gaming opinions on his own channel. He also comments on every video on YouTube and gets top comment on every video. He's like, he's like. <laughs> Press hard, press hard to continue yeah, 2.0. He's, he's the new one. Um, yeah. He like he like showed up one time and he like he was like, oh hey, how's it going? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like chatting, just kind of like didn't know how he knew me. And then he's like, I'm Drake, by the way, you know, trailer Drake. And I was like, oh, oh, you're that guy. And it was just like, yeah. a, like I don't know why we're talking right now, but I'm assuming you know me. And then like as soon as like I knew, because like a lot of these people you you know by Twitter pictures, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like you know their avatars, <laughs> like that's it. Like if I didn't have George's Skype, I would know him as as goatee man in red jacket with a crown and a cigar. <laughs> oh yeah, the the notorious HOP. Right. Someone someone drew that after I was on the Co-optional podcast, and yeah, I was I, like, I remember this that. is this is going to be me for a while. Yeah, I remember you saying like. Like you tweeted, like this is gonna be me for like a week or two if everyone's alright. That with was that, and that was months ago. That was so long ago. That was before yeah. TOVG started. That, yeah. before, that was before the website launched. But uh, yeah, like you get used to like knowing people by like, oh, you know, brutal moose Ian is is like pink purple picture with like a guy in it, and then like you meet him in real life, and like, oh, this is actually brutal moose Ian. Like now I know who this guy is, like for real. I don't know. It, it was just kind of a surreal experience, I guess, especially because it was my first con. So, yeah, like, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you guys were on panels, correct? Yes. Yes. What were the weirdest questions that were asked <laughs> at these panels? Uh, at the Dex panel, shout outs to everybody who came to the Dex panel, by the way. First panel that we ever did, ever, and like it a lot of people perfectly. showed up. It, and it, it was, was so great. smooth. It went better than my panel. <laughs> uh, there was one guy who asked. 
if you could, his question was, if you could turn a game into a food and <laughs> eat it, what game and food would it be? Huh. And it was like, what? <laughs> there, were, I think he, I think he was actually a guy who was like notorious for asking like really confusing questions because at the at Shane Gill's panel at Did You Know Gaming's panel, the guy came up and he, I think he had the same hat on and. Shane was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> You're the guy who asks weird questions. And everyone started laughing. But, but so, yeah. so let's um let's bring the viewers at home a uh a, a sort of para transitive <laughs> experience of being there. What did you guys answer? Oh. I wasn't really on the panel. I was the behind the scenes guy to make sure everything went went well. For that for that question, mm -hmm. I answered I was pretty proud of myself because I wanted to like give them like a funny answer. So I said I'd I'd make braid into a cupcake so that I can eat it and then go back in time and eat it again until I was satisfied with the cupcake. <laughs> um but I could yeah. picture braid as a cupcake. Yeah, it'd be what? like a nice cupcake. Alex say Metal Gear Solid, something like that? Something like that. I it could was picture like Metal Gear Metal Solid being like some kind of really strong cocktail, but with a weird <laughs> fruity edge to I, it. I think he was saying like a Metal Gear ramen or something like that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I couldn't I couldn't picture it as ramen, though. Like, ramen's... Ramen is, <laughs> is like... Alex, I forget what he Gerard, said. Gerard, that's a bit too far-fetched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Sorry, be realistic I'm sorry. here. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> uh, Okay, and, uh, and you played mm -hmm. cool games, right? Uh, okay, well, to be fair, there was an indie game area there, and there was an arcade area, and there was a console gaming area there. I never set foot into the indie game area, and I was so mad at myself afterwards because there was a bunch of cool games in there that I'm hearing about afterwards, and I like I, I wish I could have been in there and like thrown my card around and be like, send these games to us because they all sound cool. First and foremost being the game that they played at SGC's Iron Man of Gaming the, for the final. It's called Lethal League. Lethal League oh looks gosh. awesome. It was it was so hype. Like, it is like Smash Brothers, but with Pong attached. Yeah, that's that's what the that's what they were describing it as to the crowd. And like none of the guys who had played on stage had ever played the game before, so it was a blind game for everybody. And it just like out of nowhere they turn it on and it's like this this like rocking ass like jet set radio future graphics kind of game like the art style but it's like 2d it's it's like towerfall or samurai gun and it's like a four player like local multiplayer like brawler to be fair when we were watching it we had a hard time keeping up because no one explained anything to us so well, like well, yeah, we just they, like, knew crazy shit was happening <laughs> they like we just vaguely, didn't know who was who they vaguely explained but yeah it, it took them a few rounds to be like oh the crowd needs to know who what player is playing what character but after that it got super hyped up because like the way the game works is like it's a four-player brawler everybody has like a baseball bat of some sort and like a ball spawns or like or either a bat yeah. or like a glove or, or something. like a skateboard and, or something you like bat the ball around the screen which bounces on right. the screen edges at yeah. each other yeah, and every time somebody hits the ball, including like if you hit it several times in a row, it gains momentum. So it gets faster, so it gets harder to track and harder to like hit. And of course, if the ball hits you, you die. And the whole game, the game goes like you have lives and in four player mode, like there's four people on screen and you die until there's one person left and then it resets everybody and it like changes your life count. And so you go until every until the last person is like left with lives. And 
it gets to this point where like it, you you get to like two players going back and forth and the ball just starts like keeps getting faster and faster and every time they hit it does this like really like like super like good feeling freeze where it's like <laughs> and everything's like oh and like the whole crowd is like oh and then the ball just like ricochets like crazy and then the next guy hits it it freezes even longer and the crowd is just going crazy and like just from like sit like sitting like 20 rows back and barely able to see the screen it was just like this is the hypest game that i've ever seen in my life i need to play this right now it was now. a great way to end the iron man because yeah, it was very yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was very fast and very like like crazy things were happening and it just got like rounds that went long got more and more hype the longer that they went. It was like exponentially. It's faster and faster. Yeah, and, and it gets like stupidly fast at some points. And then like the characters have special moves. Like one guy, his uh his special is he hits the ball and the first time that it would bounce against the wall it instead goes through the wall and out the other side of the screen so like that just like messes people up completely and just like i don't know man it was it was pretty dang cool and then we of course we played played some street fighter uh and we played some arcade games and stuff and yeah it was just like whew. Lethal League, though, is really what, what yeah. stood out to me. And, and after you showed it to me, I got really interested in it. It looks like a great party game where you have a, um element of unpredictability with the environmental hazard that also is the competitive mechanic of how you yeah. beat the other players. So you, like, have to juggle things yeah, at yeah. a really fast pace against and with each other at the same time. And the screen, it, it, like, it has that Jet Set Radio future style to it, but the screen also isn't cluttered. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um no I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it ever since you showed it to me and mentioned how much fun it was over there and and this is PC right yeah it's gonna be out on yes. steam uh it's it's set for a quarter three release on steam and they're adding more stuff right now I know there's more characters that they're like in the works and also it's gonna be it's not just gonna be local it's gonna be online. And oh yeah with the GGPO sticker right right GGPO <laughs> which at like I, I know a couple friends who have been saying like I was hyped for the game but they're using GGPO I'm like super hyped for the game now because I guess that's like a really good online service yeah can you explain GGPO for me I've never heard of it um, it is a yeah, um, middleware that a lot of fighting games use that I, I don't know the technical aspects to it but you will see it sticker on a lot of really competitive fast paced games usually of the fighting genre or something similar i guess lethal league is like a fighting game right is it is it's it? <laughs> it's i guess the uh the devs were actually or some of the devs were actually at evo when uh when we were at sgc because evo and sgc were the same weekend by the way mm-hmm. which was kind mm-hmm. of kind of bad i really wanted to go to confirmed evo. that next year sgc and evo will not be on the same date because i know that the sgc crew were pissed off because they wanted to go to Evo and right. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, um, technically, yes. I think it's going to be labeled a fighting game in the same way that like Towerfall or Samurai Gun or any of those kind of four-player local games. And I were. love that those are PC games now. Yes, like yes. that is that. I think that's that's really really cool because that also um, kind of gives people an incentive to have a living room PC, which I think is a really. Uh, Great way to it's the kind way of, of the future, man. Oh well, yeah, I've been doing it since like 2008, and it's like <laughs> I don't. I I canceled my cable. I just watch Netflix now. It's wonderful. Yeah. No, I, I definitely know what you mean. It's it's you like just sit on the couch and watch YouTube. Like what what a concept. <laughs> right. It's it's really interesting actually. Like that whole vein of games because like 
like I'm just so used to like when I think of party games, when I think of like multiplayer, like oh, all of my friends are in one spot, let's play a game. It's always like Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or Mario yep, Party. Yep, 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 yep. And yep, like, yep. I don't even know of any like non Nintendo games that I could, off the top of my head that I would be like, oh yeah, let's play a party game. Like, but now and, it's happening. Right, it's happening. Like, <laughs> if you have a if you have a Steam box or something, like you can get these things and play them on your TV with a bunch of friends and just have like a good old time smashing baseball bats at each other like i don't know man it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty dope shout outs to proton john Bruce oh my Willis. gosh oh my gosh proton john for those of you guys who don't know uh very famous let's player great friend of mine uh a real honor to work with him all the time yeah he visited us in the office for about a week uh it's usually a tradition we have now where after e3 he'll spend a week with me and uh he wanted to compete in the Iron Man tournament. He did last year, and he, without even trying, he got eighth place. Uh-huh. And this year, his goal was to go on main stage and win. He, the game, so the games from Iron Man were Tetris Attack, mm-hmm. which he played with Jimmy a lot, and they had hours of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shovel Knight. Oh yeah. Uh, the Iron Man gaming mode. How do which, you compete at Shovel Knight? So there's a mode. There, there are a bunch. One of the Kickstarter codes. Um, yeah, for for Shovel Knight here, I'm gonna take it away real quick. Uh, for Shovel Knight, there's a, like a one of the cheats is the Iron Man of Gaming mode, and it like you. I think from what I know, you start off on Mole Knight stage in the middle of Mo- of the Mole Knight stage. Right, right, right. Okay. You, no, yeah. Sorry about that. So you have two minutes to collect as much uh, gold as you can. Right. Without dying, you get one chance. You yeah. have to sprint to the end of the level, get as much gold as you can, and fight uh, Mole Knight. Right. If and you fight it, Mole Knight, you get additional $2,000 in gold. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, like, the whole idea is, like, beat the level, like, essentially get the high score, and they rank you based on, like, every game that everybody plays, they'll, like, rank you, like, who got the top score gets the most points out of it. Kind of like a Mario Kart, uh, like a... When, when you play a cup in Mario Kart where like if first you got, place like, gets 15 points second place gets 12 points right. so on and so forth so are they and also so, ranking speed like like what did they do if there's a fixed amount no, of gold that one's a well that one's a time limit and like the that Iron Man just, of, yeah. yeah the Iron Man of gaming mode was specifically made so like getting the best route to get all the gold was kind of the the, the important hint. part yes like you can't just blind go into it and like do well and like if you don't fight the boss you're missing out on a huge chunk of gold and so like People actually spent like a like a week before like routing it, and nobody was posting their routes because nobody wanted anybody <laughs> else to have the good route. Just to give you an idea, I've been obsessed with Shovel Knight, playing it twenty four seven. Proton John and I sat down together and played the Iron Man mode together, and I was like, I don't know. Any, <laughs> I, I, I thought I knew Shovel Knight. I was like slow. I died several times. My score was abysmal. Like I saw him play it, he got nine thousand. Yeah, he was so great. Yeah. Anyway, so it was Tetris Attack, Shovel Knight, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 for the Xbox. <laughs> right. Um, and that was right. like a, taking it back. That yeah. was like a get the best score on Hangar in two minutes. It was yeah. like a, it was like a score mode. And uh, Killer also Instinct. Killer Instinct. So he got second place in Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got first place in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yeah. He got, I think he he got like really low scores in Killer Instinct. I think that was the only game he did bad in. Yeah, and then he got first place in Tetris Attack. Yeah. So by the end of the second day, he was in third place for the Iron Man. 
And in order for him to win first place, the guy who's in first place needed to get zero points in Lethal League, and John had to get a minimum of like 80 or something. 80 points, which if he got second place in Lethal League, he would have won the Iron Man tournament. He got third place in Lethal League yeah. and lost by 12 points. He was so close to winning the Iron Man tournament, <laughs> and we have like a whole cheering section. Yeah. Like he was killing it. He was so good. Next year, next year, next he's year, he's, take, he's taking the title. It was it was just really cool because like like he he, he was, practiced it all in the office. Like right. we saw him not, for no, a week. I mean, not Lethal League, obviously, because yeah, nobody knew the game. Everything but. else was like. We'd walk in and like watch him, like see him train, like give him <laughs> tips and advice, and like he just he was so great. The the best was in Lethal League in the first set of rounds because it was sixteen people on the main stage, where the guy who got first place this year he got first place last two years. He's like the the champion right now. He was the first one eliminated. Right. So he was, it was yeah, he was it the was first real. one eliminated. Was, we saw it like right away. I was like, like, I turned to Jimmy and I was like, the guy who's in first got zero points. That means that John has to get second or like, first to win. But like it became real, like John can win right now. And we were all like, oh my god, John can and, win. And he kept winning and winning and winning and winning. Yeah. And he got to the semis. And we were like, he has to get in the top two. If he gets in the top two, no matter what, yeah. he wins the Iron Man tournament. And unfortunately he he lost on yeah, the he, uh, he got like a lot of like it was a lot of like not good circumstances in the games where like the ball would ricochet in such a way and he would jump and it would just like oh like he would like he'd, he'd get hit and he'd just be like you'd see him like shake his head like i don't even i don't even yeah. know what i could have done he, to get out he, of that he was he was so like you when you saw him play he was playing so conservatively conservatively because you can play aggressive right and get points mm -hmm. or but in that game like in brawl who cares how many kills you get? It's all about being first place at the end of the round. Right. And so he was like hiding and crouching and only attacking when like he needed to. Yeah. He was always the last one to get killed or the one to kill them. Right. It right. was so freaking close. And we sat there, all of us in the back row, and it was just like <laughs> he got like we, we had that moment where it was like the top two people and Proton John hadn't been called, and we're all like, oh, this is it. Oh, oh, this is it. We're all freaking out. And then Craig's like, second place goes to. Proton John and all were like, oh Yeah, it, it was it was nuts, dude. Right. In case you didn't get it. It was so Le great. Lethal League. John, is I'm so high. proud of you, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, all, John. we're all proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so sincere. Okay, so anyways, I think um after after these messages, we mm -hmm. will we will start talking about video games again. Oh man. <laughs> You can't catch all 150 Pokemon by yourself. So close. You need a friend to train with. So you can grab a link cable and a friend with a Game Boy, and with both packs, you can catch them all. Hey guys, what's up? This is Gerard Khalil, the Completionist, aka That One Video Gamer, aka the name of the podcast that you guys are listening to. Uh, I just want to say thank you very much for supporting That One Video Gamer. We officially hit 100 episodes as of today, and it is crazy. In two and a half years, I never thought I'd get this far, building out one of the coolest brands 
that is truly my own. And in honor of doing that, uh, the Yeti and I have partnered again to bring you guys three brand new items, which I'm so excited for. The first one is the Completionist Sigil t-shirt for $17. It's a, uh, like a shield, alien shield that has like the four things of the Completionist. So beards, bears, controllers, and, and trophies. Uh, the second one is the Completionist 100th special Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge. Uh, this is very limited edition uh, because these ones will go away. They will be turned into a regular t-shirt eventually, but they won't say 100th episode. So it is very special. And the last item, which is my absolute favorite, is the Completionist poster. It is 100 games that I've reviewed for the show with all of the ratings and you have the ability to post your own completionist rating and mark off which ones you've completed yourself and what's even more rad, if you buy both the t-shirts and the poster uh, in the combo pack on the website you'll actually get a gold edition of the poster limited print and it has uh, in dead center a very cool gold uh, that one video gamer fist logo so that's a very limited edition it's very cool uh, please you know if you guys uh, want to support I'd say that's the best way to do it pick up those shirts and the poster uh, once again thank you very much thank you to Alex and Jimmy and to Greg and to everyone on the site I think it's it's really cool so uh, once again that website is the Yeti you can go to the yeti.com slash that one video gamer again that's the yeti.com slash that one video gamer welcome back to the TOVG podcast it is news time my friends it is time oh, yeah. <laughs> it is time to talk about the news 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 oh, yeah news, news, so, news. so this week's theme it's been like three weeks but seriously this week has been crazy yeah because um everyone's trying to monetize their stuff with weird <laughs> ways that people are uh, arguing and having conflicts about mm-hmm. and um first up we have mighty number no. nine going for a second wave with their with their crowdfunding efforts after the yeah. wild success of their first Kickstarter they have decided to double dip right um people on the forums on our own forums are actually mm. going on and on about this power surge started a thread it's it still surge I'm, I'm, I'm it's surge power surge this, this is the same conversation we had last week i know oh, okay okay it's, it's surge. Power surge. Life, life is life is too short to debate the proper pronunciation of power surge's name so um <laughs> he <laughs> <laughs> he started a thread about this topic. This topic right. is that Comcept has announced a second crowdfunding campaign to add bonus content to the game. Mm-hmm. Right now, they have listed just one tier of this crowdfunding fundraiser, which is $200,000 for Japanese and English voice acting. Uh-huh. There are question marks underneath it, the implication being that once they reach that, those question marks will be revealed to be some other uh, new kind of bonus content. And they're also doing this one through PayPal and not Kickstarter. So whether or not they meet the goal is um, irrelevant to whether or not they get the money. Right. And they've also put up um, new crowdfunding options, new crowdfunding options, new pre-ordering options uh-huh. during this fundraising campaign as well, which kind of has a lot to do with it. You can now pre-order the game for $23. And they've also announced an animated series. Mm-hmm. That all happened on the same day. It was crazy. Everyone was like, whoa, internet <laughs> argument. Yeah. Um, oh. that, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> what... How how do we feel about this, my friends? Why okay. why crowdfund for bonus content after you've already had a successful Kickstarter? All right, I have had about a week to like 
and think about internally it. Internally debate this because, mm-hmm. like, my knee jerk is to side with the internet and be like, "Come on, guys, you don't need more money." But like, like we learned from from Double Fine's Kickstarter fiasco, it's not the fact like like. Okay, they have enough. They have money, and they're they're allocating it to things that are happening. That doesn't mean that they have money for this voice acting as well. So they could very well need this two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But I think that what it came down to is when I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys know uh, Tyrone Rodriguez. He's uh, the he's from Nicholas, Nicholas. the developer mm-hmm. Nicholas. He was kind of tweeting about this, and I know he was very very riled up when it was announced. Um, in opposition of this whole idea because and I, I like after seeing his tweets it kind of like put into perspective for me um what i kind of think is that they got funded 427 percent of what they asked for the original mighty number no. nine kickstarter at a whopping 3.8 million dollars this game is already successful like the game's not out and it's already very successful it's it one of the most successful kickstarters of all time. It's going to make a lot more money when the game becomes available to those who did not back it on Kickstarter. Right. Because It'll it has probably such be a- more than $23 too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the whole Shovel Knight thing where like Shovel Knight is doing incredibly well and you know it, it this it's the same same thing. Yeah. Same exact thing. And did the, Shovel Knight like, double dip? Shovel Knight did not. No, hmm. but they, they okay. did it right. But they like did it they, correctly. What he's saying <laughs> is that they, they released the game and people like me who did not kickstart it bought it and it's doing successful because a lot of people are buying it. Um, but like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, here's what it makes me feel. By having $3.8 million to make this game, having so much like open support of, of it from so many different sources, I feel like it's a little like... It shows a lack of confidence to say that you're not willing to put up 5% more money of, like, your own funds. Because this is KG Inafune we're talking about. This is the guy who co-created Mega Man, mm-hmm. right? So I would, I mean, I think I could safely assume that he has, you know, some money put away. A mighty number nine, the way that he's doing this, this is something you create after the game has already come out. After the game's already received a lot of of praise, and like this is the afterthought kind of thing, you right. know. I think this is him, you know. At the end of the day, and I've read a lot of articles about Inafune and all that stuff. Uh-huh. He's a businessman. Right. He's trying to capitalize off of the opportunity he's had with Mega Man and with Capcom and yeah. with his own company. Now, this is all the thing of he should have done it after the game has come out, not before. Well, he's doing it for voice acting in the game. Right. And like I don't know, like I I for I'm not a big enough fan to feel that invested in it and making a moral quandary out of whether or not it's appropriate task for an extra uh-huh, 200,000, uh-huh. but on deep down inside the game reviewer in me is like do I really want voice acting in this game? Yeah, I mean, like, because it's like one a thing. side-scroller Mega Man clone. It's th- those games don't really traditionally need voice acting, and yeah, I mean, like, and that's like I understand. I like I agree with you. First of all, like I don't think that it would need voice acting. Like, is like, like the, voice is acting might good? actually like, hurt the product? Really? Exactly. Like. It, I don't know. That that's probably just the cynicist in both of us, but like I agree with you on that. Shovel Knight doesn't need voice acting. <laughs> um, but Shovel like, Knight would be super weird with voice acting. Yeah, I, 
at the same time, it's also an 8-bit the only, game. The only voice acting I'd want in Shovel Knight is a narrator telling us what's going on, and that's it. No <laughs> and it would character. have to be really crappy NES, like, synthesized, trying <laughs> like to sound Shovel like Knight speech, got together but garbled. Like, with Shield Knight. Like, bit crushed down to, like, the like lowest forms of human speech. Like, yeah. Shovel Knight. <laughs> Like that AVGN video where he has the speech module on that's his right. Atari that says right. B-52 Balmer. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh. But, but anyway, like, <laughs> god damn it. Um, We're way too happy about a topic we uh, feel uneasy about. Right, right. Like, okay, essentially just like what I think is that if you add the two, like say that they get the $200,000, add that to their total of $3.8 million and it becomes $4 million flat. $200,000 is 5% of that. That's mm-hmm. not a major chunk. That's not, like, that's below 10%. It's a lot of money, but not a lot compared to $3 million. Right. And, I mean, you guys, like, you guys, and a lot of people are saying Keiji Inafune is a businessman, and he's, you know, he's looking to profit and everything. In that sense, and because he's with he was with Capcom and because of Mega Man, I'm sure he has enough to do this on his own. Or at the very least, I'm sure with the like the success of the Kickstarter, he can get a private investor or other investors oh, to like to he jump got in and fund a private this. investor to jump in and fund the animated series. Right, that's exactly like what I don't know. I, I feel like two hundred thousand isn't a lot to ask from a private investor or group of investors. Or rather, the fact that. If they're willing to 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 put money for the anime, why can't they just include the voice acting with that to represent that both in the game and mm-hmm. in the anime? Yeah, you still have to pay the voice actor. Right, but like it like the point that I'm trying to build up to is it just kind of shows like what it says to me if I was a person who backed Mighty Number no. 9, it would be like Inafune or like not him, I don't want to single him out specifically, but like his team and the people working on the game are kind of saying, we're not extremely confident in this and we don't want to risk our own money even slightly, even a little bit. So you guys can pay for this if you want it. And it's like, I don't know. It it just kind of seems like a minor slap in the face and I don't want to like overblow it because it's not really that big of a deal, but it just like, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's really puts a downer on the whole yeah. idea of it. And and the idealist in me actually is wondering if he wants to keep the game project like still pure and free of private investment in a way. And that's why he right. would get private investors on the animated series but keep that project very distanced uh-huh. from the game project cuz you know like the whole purpose of it is he no longer trusts Capcom to make Mega Man games anyway. They very explicitly mm-hmm. don't want to and he's like, "Well, I guess I can't depend on big publishers anymore." So yeah, maybe he just that. has a kind of paranoia about privately funding this game at all and then uh yeah that's that's the deal i don't know that definitely that does make a lot of sense like because i i I don't want to put this i don't want to like skew this to be like you know inafune and everybody that works with him is just a bunch of money grubbing like i don't want to like say that it's just that this is the vibe that i'm getting from this whole thing Mm -hmm. and plus the other thing is i feel like after such a big thing as the double fine kickstarter like thing fiasco whatever you want to call it i think they it's ask- very easy to look back and learn from stuff like that and like whether or not you can use this money to do that voice acting a, a second crowdfunding thing is a very controversial thing to do like in any case and i don't know it, it's dangerous territory that i think i wouldn't have treaded in even if i would have like needed the money i don't know 
Speaking of needing money, um, there is a very popular group of YouTubers have decided they need more money. And before you start this, I just have to say, because um, I, I was talking about this with Total Biscuit yesterday in a, in a Skype chat. And it, it grinds my gears that before you even talk about the Oscar situation, that... In the past three weeks, we've seen more news on controversial YouTube stuff on anything YouTube-oriented now because there's nothing of, like interesting happening in news. And right. we're just like, we have become a target because there's nothing else to talk. So, yeah. sorry, George. Go ahead. Continue what you were saying. <laughs> uh, well, I guess if it is news, then it's still news. Yeah, true. But um, it's, it's less focused on when there's bigger stories. So in, in case in case you don't know what's um you know, in case you're not familiar with the story, Yogg's Cast has announced that they will begin an affiliate program with independent game developers in which their YouTube channels receive payments from those developers based on sales generated by their coverage. That is the idea. But um Ah, I don't know. Like the system doesn't they're they're paid by a sales spike that happens within a certain period of time. Like, their viewers aren't going to be sent to referral links yeah. to um, pay them a portion of the revenue that they supposedly generate. Like, it seems like a kind of hard-to-measure concept when, um, especially in the long term as opposed to a short-term spike. And even then, I... Um, was also listening well I wasn't talking to him about it but I was listening to an audio uh, diary he did wow those those total biscuit soundcloud things are very bioshocky aren't they anyways um, <laughs> and and he talked about how he has seen a lot of youtubers use referral link programs to generate extra revenue but they aren't given a like percentage portion of um revenue from the developers like it's right, usually right, kind right. of split up between a middleman between the two and like i myself have gotten those offers before i didn't go through with them but mm. referral links are a thing they're usually explicitly disclosed the yogs discovery program will have a disclosure on it kind mm. of a weird wishy-washy one that says thanks to the developer for making this video happen but anyways um yeah this thing has drawn uh drawn drawn controversy and criticism and and uh, a lot of it coming from YouTubers themselves, like Total Biscuit, about yeah. things like editorial ethics and journalistic integrity. Whereas YouTubers are talking about how they are apparently exempt from that stuff because they're not journalists, but they are still like my opinion of it is that they are still media. They are influential forces in the video game industry that determine who and what is popular. So that yeah, carries with it a degree of responsibility. They are kind of in a way in control of people's mental brain space of what they think of games and when you have a conflict of interest there that's that's exactly it it's a conflict of interest right yeah it's well a um you know it, it's tough because i'm you know i've been there in the position of brand deals and how you know the money that comes from those brand deals represent more money than you'll ever see in your years of YouTubing, <laughs> and uh, I've been in some situations where that's true. Uh, you know, the first brand deal I, I ever did was more money than one full year of The Completionist. Oh, good yeah. lord! And uh, and and you know, and that was when I had uh, early on, but I still had thousands of subscribers and millions of views a month. It still wasn't enough money to take care of our situation. Mm -hmm. um, 
But in this case, the Augscast is much different. They're massive. They have their own sub YouTube network within a network. Yeah. Um, you and know, each, each of their individual members has a channel and each of those individual channels has millions of subscribers and gets millions of views each month. Mm -hmm. And the, and the thing that's kind of weird about it all is that the money they get is it's a referral link, right? But it's also a percentage based on the total consumption of the game for that first month. Right. So Young's discovery is not using referral links if I Okay, if so they're if not. I'm, so if I'm correct. It's, yeah, it's they're not. Just so like it's yeah. just a total deal. Yeah, so so basically the game company is saying Hey, Yogscast, the whole millions of, of you in the network that are, are able to rep the game, you know, thank you for this. We're going to give you an X percentage of the total game cost. Meanwhile, guys like Total Biscuit, Northern Lion, uh, you know, us, anyone else, Jesse Cox, anyone who does um, any kind of, uh, you know, brand integration or even just like out of their own, their own free will, right? right. That's... Free promotion the Octest doesn't have to pay for in their network of friends that are obviously going to go ahead and create a video no matter what. Yeah. They don't get a percentage of it. It's all straight to the Oxcast. I mean, and, and like on our level, like, okay, like, specifically on my level, that doesn't mean anything because I get like a couple thousand views. On your level, it means more at like 60,000 views on your first day of a video. But when you put it into perspective like that, Total Biscuit, someone who puts out W2F is. If he does the same game that the Yogs cast are doing, which likely, because he does a WTF is on almost everything. And on the game that, on the day that it comes out, right. or the day before, providing they give him a copy. That, so essentially, they'd be getting, it's like they'd be getting a percentage of the game's sales, even if all of their, even if the, the sales were driven not completely by them. Yeah. Exactly. That's, well, uh... That's I don't think a, I don't oof. think it's it's ethical to begin with. But one thing that they right. say in their announcement is that um, like this way everyone wins, and that's a thing. Like competing YouTube channels who aren't part of this program, who are still covering the same game, aren't getting the same share of the loot that these guys are getting. But that's another whole thing. I don't think that is this is. I mean, <laughs> it's not their loot to share. I don't think it's illegal because if you disclose it, it's supposed to be legal. But I don't think it's ethical. And there's like, yeah, a very, a very broad line between what's legal and ethical. You can get away with some crazy shit. But anyways, um, this is why I can't wait for the tip jar to come out, guys. Mm, yeah, like, I know definitely. we talked about some negative possibilities of it earlier, but I seriously think that um, as as YouTubers come to become more dominant forces in media, who do not make as much money as the previous dominant forces in media, they are going to be more susceptible to these kinds of offers that present a conflict of interest in the quality of your editorial content until that tip jar happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause, cause you know, you could have 1500 people. You could convince 1500 people to turn off their ad block or have uh -huh. one person donate $2. Yeah. That yeah. would, that would literally balance out that trade off. So yeah. that oh wow that, that's yeah, really crazy yeah like think about that like that's that's <laughs> how much um stress and tension the tip jar is going to take away from even channels like Yogg's Cast who don't want to cover games other than Minecraft unless they get some kind of extra competition about it even though they have millions of people who will still watch it um whatever let's uh <laughs> that's what I think you guys have anything else to add uh just as at a, like a basic like 
from a far view that I haven't like read up too much on this. I don't know all the details. It just doesn't seem like something that is a good thing, but I guess we'll see how this goes the farther along we go. I, I, I think what, what bums me out the most, though, is that this... You know, and again, I, I talked about this briefly about yeah. how, like, YouTubers are being targeted right now because right. of all this stuff. This is the kind of stuff that is going to destroy this business that we're in. Mm. Because, I say I say that lightly right now, but in the future, we're going to get FCC regulations. We're going to get more people involved sticking their nose into this. Yeah. We're going to see uh, a lot of YouTube networks, uh, you know skimming more from the top to hide and protect people from this kind of stuff this is just going to eventually become a big problem for us and i think that um i think john bain total biscuits doing the right thing of saying you know from now on i'm going to say this is a brand deal um you know jesse cox has his own show called jesse cox sells out and it's just him doing a video that was paid for by the company right and people appreciate the transparency now should they get paid that's a whole different topic to talk about that people will argue to the end of time because we're do we're in a free median zone of this is free content you're not paying for it i think um, I, I think just to like wrap it up real quick because I, I know george wants to get on to the next topic yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. the next topic is real actually george really wants to talk about it yeah, yeah. um i think the issue is less is should they get paid and it's the fact that it's based on the sales of the game that does not have any sort of direct statistic related to how their video drove it's hard the sales to track up. without a referral right. link right yeah. if they're using a referral link then it just be like percentage of based on the sales and that's just company to to person that they're working with like i don't think i'd mind that much but this is essentially saying if anybody else promotes the video the augs cast also gets a cut of that like sales drive it's really it's really weird Really well, and I think weird. a big problem is the smaller size and lower budget of YouTube channels. Like, yeah. in, if you were working in a magazine that had millions of dollars in ad sales behind it, those ad sales would be managed by a different department than the people that actually make the content for the people. Mm -hmm. Like, they would be separated physically in the office from one another mm -hmm. so that the the money from the advertisers the idea is that it won't influence the content yeah. that the magazine puts out anyways um okay next topic M more monetization stuff valve has approved a community made portal 2 mod to be sold for profit i'm sorry that was that was the worst segue you've ever done no, no, it's, I feel it's like fine. You just it's gave fine. Up. No, it's it's going to be <laughs> cool. It's going to be cool because <laughs> it's called Aperture Tag, the Paint Gun Testing Initiative, uh -huh. and it has been given the um yeah the green light by Valve mm. to sell itself on Steam for seven dollars and also be a Portal Two mod in the sense mm -hmm. that it's not a standalone game. Like right. you've seen mods in the past become very successful standalone games, but they um generally kind of linger around for a year or two uh -huh. and develop a fan base and also release themselves without needing to be riding on the back of another game engine's tech. Right. That's not so what this is. Aperture... T sorry? This is essentially going to be released uh, in the same vein as something like Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Well, Far Cry like, 3 Blood Dragon was standalone. Uh, no, you need the game to play it. Really? No, I, c I could have sworn it was standalone. I'm pretty sure you need Far Cry 3 in order to play Blood Dragon. I'm pretty sure it's standalone, but whatever, whatever. That's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not the debate here. The debate is whether or not it is, uh, it is ethical for an amateur team to share what is kind of. It, it's closer to selling a piece of DLC than it is a new game because it right. requires the original game to work. Uh huh. 
Do we have enough information as to whether or not this team who created this mod is getting paid per sales? Or did Valve just be like, thank you, we're making all the money now. Like that, if if the team who created this mod is getting outright paid for it, they're then I a, think- They're, they're getting that? a share of that $7, yeah. Th then I think it's okay. I think that, mm. you know, as long as they're receiving their correct, you know, mon monetary gains for the hard work they put oh. into it, you know, I, then, I, then I have no problem with it. Hmm. Well, okay, like, I, I don't know. Are, are any of you guys long-time PC gamers? Not long-time, uh, no, not long-time, no. I've been, I've been playing PC games for a very long time, I'd say so. Okay, okay, so you know then that the modding space is like one of the great incentives of PC gaming. It is mm -hmm. a reliable outlet for free content that is of an entirely surprising quality. There are a lot right. of mods out there that are bad, but there are a lot that are also really good. But the the common denominator is that they're all free. Yes. And when you make a mod, you're not exactly... Like, there is never a guarantee of making any money off it unless you end up taking the plunge into making it a standalone product probably years later, because making it standalone takes a lot more time. Yeah. And this just kind of scares me, because it makes me worry that we might end up losing that space for a good, reliable stream of free extra content on your game made by the community, and it also makes me worried that developing those things as a community is going to be... um less less free because there's going to be an expectation of monetization there might be less risks taken different standards developed that uh mm. will affect the kind of mods that we see in the future and also you know i'm i'm i have a tight budget don't really want to want right. to spend money on habits that i'm used to being free like what and you're saying is essentially like if if this kind of becomes a trend we might be seeing like like <laughs> drive a drive a, a Star Wars uh, land speeder around in Skyrim for a dollar. I don't like the idea of something like Dota for Warcraft 3 mm -hmm. having to pay for that. Right. I like the idea of paying for Dota 2 as a standalone thing, uh -huh. but I feel like that might not have happened if Dota for Warcraft 3 was, was a paid-for product. They might have just felt the temptation to end the development there like you see that happen with a lot of early access games once their yeah. once their revenues reach a certain level it just um kind of creatively kills the temptation to keep going on the development so yeah, i could see that and also like modding i don't know maybe it's just me because i was really into it when i was a kid uh -huh. but the way I, I think of it, I think modding is there for the kids in a weird way. Like, it is there for people who aren't professional developers and want to develop an interest in professional development to dip their feet in the water with no risks attached whatsoever. Right, just making a game for the sake of making a game, and you only well, do it if and, you and want. And not even making a mod. Like, the risk is even lower than that. They're making a alteration of a game. Right, just, yeah, just, like, tweaking stuff because that's what you feel like, right? Yeah, and... And this kind of could lead to a road where it's, like, doing it because you feel like it would be, like, the, the exception to the rule, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I didn't really think about it that that much before because I don't really do PC gaming enough to where I like go through mods very often. 
Uh, the only game that I really do that is Gmod, but like obviously that's oh, kind of Gmod's the point of the game. Gmod's a great example of how to do it right, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, of course. it's it started out as a mod on Half Life Two, and everyone loved it so much. Valve gave them the green light to use their IP, their assets. Well, I guess I don't know. Like, what is the line exactly between the Half Life IP and Half Life Two models ripped from the game that you can just flop <laughs> around to do all sorts of stupid stuff? But okay, anyways, no, I like I like Gary's mod. I don't think there are a lot of people who don't like Gary's mod, but Gary's mod. On the Steam store, it says mod there, but it doesn't really yeah. fit the typical definition of being a modification of a game because you download it and it is its own game. Yeah, and most of the stuff, most of the stuff that occurs in that game, you download from sites anyway. Like you mm-hmm. like models and stuff that you rip from yeah, sites. Yeah, so. you're you're playing most gameplay on Gary's Mod multiplayer is happening with mods of Gary's Mod. Right. <laughs> Okay, and and the team behind this Portal 2 mod, Aperture Tag, the paint gun testing initiative, I looked up their stuff. They are mostly very young people. It's not like that's wrong. Like, if they're doing this stuff at at this age, they're either in high school or early college. Mm -hmm. Well, most of them. I don't want to make the generalization for all, but um, that's that's what the majority was. And... they're gonna totally gonna make some cool stuff later in life if they're making cool stuff this this um soon but it is it is it too soon to be making money off of game development when you're still in high school off of I don't know. a successful triple a portal 2 game and i i would say to the first part of your question no it's not too soon i think if someone makes a, a good game they should be able to sell that game whenever like I don't, I don't think that there should be like just as much as any other thing like if a if a 17 year old kid makes a great music album I think they should be able to sell it but at the same time we're talking not about making a completely original game we're talking about making no, a mod of a game it's not and, an original product right okay yeah I that's a very gray area which it seems like that's a term that we use a lot on this podcast uh, <sighs> it's complicated it's very complicated I don't know man it's complicated. It makes me feel uneasy inside. I don't know if I feel totally okay with the situation. Yeah. But, you know, they're making a new free Unreal Tournament game. That also makes me kind of uneasy. Like, there's usually a guarantee of quality when something costs money. But the new <laughs> Unreal Tournament that's coming out is going to be selling itself in a similar model. Where it's a free game that will make profit from um, taking a share out of community content being sold for profit. Interesting. So uh, we're going to see more of this in the future. Hooray. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know what the community is up to? What are the community up to? They want to know what happened to the podcast for so the what past you're couple saying weeks. Is the community is up to wondering what we've been up to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, we've had some security issues. Yeah. And it's only on the main site. The forums are completely untouched. But, um, well, you guys know more about this, me, so maybe I ought to let you guys take it away. Um, uh, <laughs> you go ahead. Essentially, we had a security breach, uh, which uh, is, is making it hard to keep the site at a current stability uh, status. Like... Essentially, posting stuff is kind of hit and miss with if the pages are working. Uh, so we don't want to post anything up on TOVG, the main site, because it's been it's just been very problematic trying to get it up and working. And so we've been trying to delay until it was completely squared away. Um, but like it's taking a little longer than we expected. So I, I'm. Well, we've also yeah. been working on on a new a new way of 
you know, ever since we launched the site, we've had a few people who have uh, stepped up to kind of help make the site more streamlined. Mm. It, the design is still the same in terms of visuals, but there's going to be a lot of, of optimization on the site. Right. Um, you know, for instance, like the the banner not really changing and uh, the forums getting a proper highlight and right, right. upgrading the forums to be more smooth and yeah. integration from the from the from the forums into the comment posting on the articles so if you you know you don't have to make several accounts you make one account right. so we have a lot of uh, upgrading changes that we wanted for prep for the launch in the beginning but just couldn't so um, it's kind of ironic that 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 those changes are in the works right now when we had the security breach so yeah. uh, and it happened when, while you were at SGC which yeah, yeah. We were all, we a zillion times worse we were literally on a plane when the tweets came flooding in and uh, it, it was a bit of a pain in the butt but uh, but, 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 but. but we're, we're working on we're working on it it's going to take some time I think TOVG.com just might be on a little bit of a hiatus in terms of posting for the next few days yeah, as we it, figure things out. We're hoping it's not going to take too long. And as soon as everything gets back going, we're going to start posting, you know, everything that we do again. Of course, the completions episodes, the decks, uh, George's videos, my videos, the TOBG podcast, the decks podcast. It's all going to be going up on the site as soon as we can make that available to you in a stable manner. But and, right and now, the site's just not really working with until us. Until then, we're going to keep the dream alive on iTunes <laughs> and the same the same Libsyn links, which I, I like those, actually. Yeah, I mean, you can actually go check out in they're the gonna, forums. In they're the going to work as intended. Thread. Yeah, right. Yeah. In the yeah. TOVG forums podcast thread, we're gonna be posting these. Hopefully, we won't <laughs> finally need to do it too updating many times. the podcast thread, right? Yeah. But we're gonna be updating with lips and links, and of course, you can find us on iTunes again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, mm-hmm. this. Hopefully, what I'm telling you right now doesn't really even apply. Hopefully, we've already got everything squared away. But until then, uh, just bear with us. It's it's been it's been a bit of a headache. It's been but. a long two weeks. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm supposed to be on vacation. I haven't vacationed yet. If, so. you, if you didn't notice, he's in the office right now. I'm in the office almost <laughs> every day, and my girlfriend wants my head on a pike because I'm, I refuse to stay away because I'm paranoid that things are breaking, and they are. I so. mean, well, well, that just gives us an incentive to uh, wrap things up for the day, then, so you can get back to your your loving and caring family. That's a good and um, not Thanks, have man. your head on a spike. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be a bit important, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I like my head. I yeah, where it is. Yeah, we, we we like your head. It's a your good head. Your head's cool. Keep like, your head where it's at. Thanks, man. I, 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 I kind of want to rub your your beard a bit when you meet. And, the, and, and if you didn't to. have your head, I couldn't do that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, if mm-hmm. you had his head, you could do that. You know, you. But if you didn't have your head, I couldn't do that. Yeah. So many people at SGC just want to touch my beard. Yeah. Not an autograph. Not a photo. Just <laughs> can I touch it? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sherman. Sherman. Okay. So, after anyway. a week of letting strangers touch your beard, we are finally back. And uh, <laughs> we're back, baby. Yes, yes. Look for us. Look for us again every Friday, like in the good old days from two weeks ago. <laughs> and um, we will be back again and again and again. Oh, yeah. Yes. Word. Yes. In the meantime, if you have anything else to say about the topics we discussed, feel free to hop in the forums and have a chat because they are still working fine and dandy. Yes, they are. And uh, we hope to see everyone next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Take it Bye. easy. Bye. 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 Bye.